Welcome to the Octavius Gould Experience, and I am your host, Octavius Gould. Today, I'm excited to bring to you episode number 12 titled, 10 Ways to Improve Your Resume. After I released episode number 10 on career search success, I received a few inquiries from professionals asking for specific resume tips. As I mentioned during episode number 10, on average, recruiters and hiring authorities only look at resumes for six to seven seconds during the initial screening process. Once you get in for the interview, they'll take more time to peruse your resume to make sure that you align well with the position that they are hiring for, also to see if they can identify any red flags. But during that initial screening process, they need to get through resumes because they may have hundreds of people who applied for the same position. So they're trying to identify red flags so they can just get to the next resume and get over with it. As a result, you all must put your best foot forward when creating and updating your resume. This is serious business. It's one of the most important documents that you can create during the course of your career. So let's run down the list. Tip number one, consider listing your technical knowledge first in an itemized fashion. I recommend using as many buzzwords as possible to accurately reflect your work and school experience. You want to also list all operating systems you know. This should include program languages and platforms for which you're experienced but also include all software you thoroughly used as well. Even things as simple as Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint, and Word, because this will satisfy that visual curiosity of hiring managers and OCR scanners conducting keyword searches. For example, when you submit your resume, in most cases, it will terminate into an ATS system, an applicant tracking system. And that system will utilize OCR technology to identify and extract keywords. For example, if you're a vice president of sales, they may look for keywords such as global because they want a leader who has global experience. If you're in marketing, they may look for a keyword phrase such as social media. So you want to make sure that when you put your resume together, that your understanding of the fact that that system most likely will search your resume for keywords. And if those keywords do not exist, your resume will never be even looked at. So you'll never have a chance to even get in front of the company or the hiring authority. Number two, list your qualifications in order of relevance from most to least. And I recommend only listing your educational qualification first if they are truly relevant to the job for which you're applying for. I know you went to school, you got that four-year degree or that master's degree, and you're proud of your accomplishment, rightfully so. But think back to what I said about how much time hiring authorities and recruiters spend reviewing resumes up front, six to seven seconds. So if you put your education first and it's not really relevant to the job, even though they want someone with a degree, you've wasted three to four of those six to seven seconds. Number three, quantify your experience whenever possible. What do I mean? You want to cite numeric figures such as monetary budgets and funds saved, time periods, efficiency improvements. From a technical standpoint, lines of code written or debugged. The number of machines administered or fixed if you're in IT. If you're in sales, the quota that you were acquired to exceed and what percentage of quota you actually hit. And if you're in marketing, maybe it's conversion rates from lead to sell, things of that nature. You would know more than me because I'm a sales guy, consultant, 
recruiting, all those things. But there are many positions. I can even tell you what those keywords, buzzwords, or the things that you should put on your resume because you know it best. So even if you have someone look at your resume to proofread it, Understand that you are the subject matter expert. You are the one who understands the role for which you're applying for and how to align your past experience with that current opportunity. It's imperative that you don't exclude information that demonstrates progress or accomplishments due directly to your work or your performance. So be diligent in putting everything in, but make sure you don't put too much information in because as I'll talk about later, you want to keep your resume to a certain number of pages. Number four, try to begin sentences with action verbs. You want to portray yourself as someone who is active, who uses their brain effectively and gets things done. But stay away from those cheesy words or phrases. For example, everyone puts on their resume that they're a team player. If every person in the world happened to be a team player, then every corporate environment, every small business would have environments conducive to success. Synergy, everyone getting along. That's not the case because not everyone is a team player. So that's a phrase that gets under the skin of a lot of recruiters and hiring authorities because it's something that they know people are just throwing out there just to make themselves look good, even though they may not even be a team player. So if you are a team player, by no means put it on there, but don't throw phrases and keywords into your resume that aren't real. You want to be authentic. Another nugget is to stick to one tense, the past tense, even for descriptions of currently held positions because you want to avoid confusion and it makes the resume flow better. Number five, do not ever sell yourself short. You'll hear people say you don't want to be overconfident or come across as arrogant. There is a way to be confident, but humble all at the same time. You can be two things at the same time. You can be humble and confident. When I was hiring sales professionals, I wanted to know that I was bringing someone on board could get things done. Someone who had a confidence level that would allow them to go out there and perform if I was not available to be with them, to support them because I was busy. Most hiring authorities want to hire someone who believes in themselves. So if you're too apprehensive to toot your own horn, why should they believe in you? Why should they hire you? So don't sell yourself short. This is by far the biggest mistakes of all resumes that I peruse, technical and otherwise, as a corporate leader or owner of an executive search firm. It's interesting because people would come in for an interview and I'm looking at the person in front of me and they are totally different from what I gathered from the resume that I was reviewing. The resume came across as someone who wasn't quite sure of themselves, but the person in front of me was someone who exuded an extreme level of confidence. But what if I never provided them with an opportunity to showcase that confidence? And a lot of hiring managers will go through the interviewing process. They won't be as engaging as I would be. And you would never even get a chance to show your personality or display any confidence that you may have in your ability. They were just cut and dry, black and white. So make sure that you utilize the opportunity that you have in submitting a resume to show a level of confidence to toot your horn, but at the same time to have some humbleness about yourself. My friends, your experiences are worthy for a review of hiring authorities if you've excelled in your previous positions. So if I were you, I would treat my resume as an advertisement. 
Some positions that you apply for may have hundreds of resume submittals, even though only a small percentage of the candidates actually meet the requirements written in a job description. For example, I would post career opportunities that required five years of leadership experience and I would receive 20 plus resumes. And that was a good thing because many times it was 30, 40 resumes from job candidates who were straight out of college with no experience whatsoever or cashiers from McDonald's wanting to be a vice president of sales. Nothing against those hardworking professionals, but I would like them to stay in their lane and apply for career opportunities more in line with their level of experience and expertise until they acquire a skill set that will show me they can perform the job that I am hiring for. Not the job that they want, but the job that I am hiring for. So that's why you must make your resume stand out by thoroughly selling in a manner that highlights all of your strengths. Because your competition isn't necessarily a person with the same skill set, the same level of experience. Many times your competition is getting your resume through all the fluff and all the garbage. All the people, the 50, sometimes hundreds of people who should never have applied for the position in the first place that your resume is competing with. Because when that resume is submitted, your resume isn't jumping to the front unless you're using the appropriate keywords. And you take some of the tips that I'm going to give you today and put them into action. If you got a valuable asset which doesn't seem to fit into the existing components of your resume, list it anyway as its own resume segment. What you want to do is if you have this outstanding skill set that isn't in the job requisition or the job posting, but you think that it may pique an interest, put it at the end of your resume. Create a section, and I'll get into that in another episode on creative ways to get your resume in front of hiring authorities and even creative ways to secure interviews by going directly to the hiring authority and bypassing the HR gatekeepers. Number six, be concise. As a rule of thumb, resumes reflecting five years or less of experience should fit on one page. Now, more extensive experience can justify the usage of two pages. And it's interesting. This is up for debate because depending upon who who you speak to, some recruiters and HR professionals recommend that job candidates consider using three pages if they possess about 15 years or more experience. I say limit your resume to one or two pages because, again, if you reflect back to what I said about the six to seven seconds that hiring authorities peruse resumes during the initial screening process, a three page resume may get pushed to the side because someone may not want to take the time to go through it. When you have a vice president of any department and they're tasked with hiring and reviewing resumes and interviewing, you are dealing with someone that is out of their comfort zone normally. And here's what I mean by that. Most vice presidents and hiring authorities who are executives, they thrive at doing their job, coaching and developing others to perform the duties of the organization that's necessary to generate revenue or make the organization better. The last thing they want to do is interview. If you talk to any executive, they will tell you more times than not, the least thing that they like to do is interview. Here's why. Because they know people lie on their resume. They know that many people are putting out their representative and it's not a true indication of who they are as a person or as a professional because everyone understands that they need to come to the interview selling themselves and in many cases embellishing their accomplishment. 
So they go through that being the hiring authorities, this interviewing process, knowing that their job is really to identify red flags and weed people out. I do not like that approach, but I do know that a lot of hiring managers take that approach. So they're trying to weed people out. They're trying to get through all of these resumes and identifying red flags so they can shift through their top three candidates. And then they will take the time to get to know those individuals, to allow those individuals to sell themselves and really ascertain what skill sets they have and how their company can utilize and take advantage of those skill sets. But until they get down to the top three, top four or five candidates, it's just a process they're going through just to get to the end. Also, try to avoid lengthy descriptions of whole projects of which you were only a part of and you didn't actually lead or really have all of your fingers in your hands in. Because a lot of times people will put things on a resume that they weren't necessarily a true contributor at. They were just a part of the team, or maybe they spent five or 10 minutes talking to the people who actually performed the duties or the task, or they were part of some type of think tank. So make sure that you're putting things on your resume that you can actually demonstrate what you learned from that experience, because sometimes you will be tested, especially if you're applying for a technical position. And many times you will have a test that you take prior to getting a job offer. Also, another tip is to consolidate action verbs where one task or responsibility encompasses other tasks and duties. You can also try to minimize the usage of articles, the, an, and a. And in my humble opinion, never use I or other pronouns to identify yourself on your resume. You may talk to some people who think differently. If so, Google resume tips, interview tips, and then decide for yourself how you want to approach putting your resume together. Number seven, I recommend omitting needless items such as irrelevant awards. You know, I used to put things that were related to my football accomplishments, like freshman football, college All-American or something like that. Because in many cases, I was interviewing for positions in the state of Florida and I initially played football at the University of Florida. Well, at a certain point, that doesn't mean anything. And I recognized that and removed it from my resume. It did help me early in my career. At a certain point, people don't care. They care about what you've done and what you will do that will help you be successful in the role at hand. Running a football, scoring TDs, wasn't going to help me generate revenue as a vice president of sales. If you have all of these awards that you've accomplished in high school and in college and outside of your professional environment that is not relevant to the role that you're interviewing for, Remove that stuff now. (laughs) You can talk about it at lunch at the water cooler, but take it off your resume. Even associations that aren't related to the job, remove those as well. Memberships that aren't relevant to the position, remove those as well. And even recreational activities, unless you're applying for a coaching position or a park administrative opportunity. So go through your resume, think about the job that you're applying for and anything on your resume that isn't pertinent to that opportunity, remove it. So what I recommend is creating a master resume that has everything. And then when you're applying for a job, scale it back based on what's relevant to that actual position. That's another tip in how you can get to one to two pages. Delete previous supervisors' names. I've come across so many resumes during my leadership career where people would have the name of their supervisor or their references. Don't put your references on your resume 
what you want to do is wait until you get a job offer or the hiring company request your references. Putting your references on your resume is somewhat outdated. Number eight, you want to also highlight things on your resume that may pique the interest of the company. For example, if you've worked for a competitor, make sure that stands out. If you've worked in the industry, make sure that stands out as well, because those are things that are really interesting to the hiring authority who's going through that resume if they want someone who can get acclimated pretty quickly. Number nine. I also recommend at this point having a trusted friend review your resume and be sure to pick someone who's attentive to details and someone who can effectively critique your writing and will give you honest and an objective opinion. Then take their advice seriously and consider their advice. And here's why, because even if you're the one with all the experience and you're the one who understands the jobs that you performed, a lot of times you may not be thinking as creatively as someone who is far removed from the situation. So that's why I recommend you know, having someone review your resume just to pick up on different buzzwords that you're overusing or buzzwords that you should be using. Number 10, please use spell check. Then proofread, proofread, and proofread your resume again. You want to make sure that you catch all spelling errors and grammatical weaknesses and unusual punctuations and inconsistent capitalizations. You would be amazed if I told you how many resumes I perused on a weekly basis that had misspelled words. And these were misspelled words that even spell check would have been able to capture. But many times spell check will be a little tricky and will allow something to pass through when it shouldn't. So proofread your resume. One tip is to proofread it numerous times over the course of two days. I've written documents or typed documents and proofread it three to four times. A week later, I come across the same document and I'm just perusing the document and I'll find one or two errors. And I'll think to myself, didn't I review this document thoroughly? You'll be amazed as you get tired or as you read something over and over again. Your brain is conditioned to read what you think it should say versus what it actually says. Here's another tip I'm going to throw in. Most experts suggest having resumes prepared and formatted in Microsoft Word and ready to email or submit electronically quickly. What I would do is create my resume in Microsoft Word and then I would convert it to a PDF. You don't want your resume to get distorted and a lot of systems will do that and scramble words and that's why I recommend converting it to a PDF. What you wanna do is while you're in the Word document, hit file, then hit save as, then browse to save it into the appropriate folder that you wanna keep it in then find PDF under the drop-down arrow within Save As Type. Select PDF and then save it. I would keep a Word copy of the resume and then submit the PDF. I would delete the PDF after I submitted it to the organization and just keep that Word document. Another tip is if you're someone who's applying to a lot of jobs and you're creating a resume that's geared more towards that opportunity, you're not lying. You're just actually inserting keywords and your experience as it relates to that position versus generic positions. What you may want to do is on your computer, when you save your resume, put an underscore or hyphen and then the company's name that you sent that resume to. 
there's nothing more embarrassing than you creating a resume that's geared towards one position. And that's the resume you take with you on the interview. But the hiring authority has an entirely different resume. Also, don't waste money on special bond paper, matching envelopes, or any color uh, that deviates away from plain white. Your resume will be photocopied and scanned numerous times, defeating any special paper effect. Another quick tip for you is take clean copies of your resume to the interview with you because the interviewer will appreciate not having to read your resume qualifications under the scribbling of the person who interviewed you prior to them getting to the table. Many times you'll walk into a situation where the person interviewing you at two o'clock is the third or fourth person to handle your resume that day. So now they have to figure out all of the accomplishments that you have under the writing of the person who wrote on your resume prior to them getting to you, in which I always said was a no-no anyway. When I hired managers, I would tell them never write on the resume. Use a separate piece of paper for legality reasons never write on a resume. So if you're a hiring manager or a leader, a leadership tip for you is to not to write on resume because if there's some type of discrimination case, the state will go back and do an audit. And one of the things they're going to request are the resumes of the individuals that you interviewed for that position. And if you've written on resumes, they're going to take all of that information and something that you wrote, and maybe it wasn't something that you wrote that was disparaging about the person. Maybe it's just a little something that you noted to make you remember who that person was. Could be something to come back to bite you later. So if you're a manager or someone who interviews for positions at your organization and you want to take notes, put those notes on a separate piece of paper and not the candidate's resume. Trust me. That's not something you want to do. And hiring authorities do it every day. Don't do it. My friends, in closing, if you're in a job that you dislike or you feel that you're being undercompensated and not appreciated, now is a great time to start your career search. Tighten up your resume. Tighten up your LinkedIn profile. Check all of your social media platforms and scrub those platforms and make sure that there's nothing that you've posted in the past that will disqualify you from this opportunity or paint a picture that portrays you as being less professional and put yourself in a position to win. A position to win the career opportunities that you covet. So if you've appreciated some of the tips that I've given you or if you've listened to other episodes and you like some of the information that I shared, please hit like, share and subscribe to my podcast now so that you can be alerted to future episodes. It's also going to help me position my podcast higher so that other people can learn about some of the things that I share as it pertains to leadership and entrepreneurship. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Carpe diem.